1: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Quiet night in the MLB playoffs. Earlier, Houston beat Seattle 4-2. Strohs up two games to none in that one. Tonight, Guardians-Yankees postponed. Yanks up one game to none. They will play tomorrow uh, in the Bronx, that'll be an early start there. And then Braves-Phillies series tied at one. Then Dodgers-Padres, that series tied at one. I, I really don't have any sort of rooting interest in the Major League Baseball postseason other than I would love to see the Padres knock off the Dodgers. Chris Tubbs, I don't know about you, but I'm there.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have any much of a I'd like to see Seattle In the American League and, yeah, National League. I'd like to see the Padres because they have been there since 96.
2: Yeah, so uh, uh, that that storyline in particular, Houston, though, uh, looks pretty good. And then uh, maybe secondarily because my father-in-law, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, has been a lifelong Cleveland fan. And I'd love to see uh, the Guardians knock off the Yankees. I'm not a huge Yankee hater. But uh, I'd be happy for my father-in-law if uh, Cleveland w- would get it done. We'll, we'll see. Game two coming up tomorrow afternoon. More high school football. This time 6A. Stillwater Ponies having a great year. And Bo Boar there, head coach, joining us on the line. And, Bo, congrats to you and the coaches and and, and the players in a fine season so far.
0: Thanks very much. Thanks for the opportunity to come and talk with you, and thanks for covering high school football.
2: Yeah, certainly my pleasure. And I, I will be at a game on Friday night, uh, local cable TV here in the northern suburbs. I will see Monticello at Andover uh, tomorrow night in a 5 8 tilt. But uh, hearing very good things about your team, Bo, and we got to start right at the top. Max Schickenjanski, what a year he's having at quarterback.
0: Yeah, Max is, uh, unfortunately, seeming to be one of those kids that you only get to coach maybe once in your career. Uh, He's uh, got all the physical tools, but he's easily uh, one of the most competitive kids that I've ever coached. I have him in class in my AP microeconomics class. It turns out he's pretty competitive in the classroom as well. And uh, no no doubt that he's a good student because uh, one of the best things about him is, is we don't have to tell him very many things twice. Uh, he listens, he learns, he remembers, and uh, it's like having another coach out on the field.
2: And, and Bo, what a, a, t- a terrific thing to have, you know, a, a quarterback and a leader like that. But, but some of the numbers are just extraordinary at any level. 18 touchdowns, three picks. That that's tremendous.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's uh, we don't think he's got very many weaknesses, but one of them is uh is is knowing when to just uh toss the ball away, maybe not try and make a miraculous play and uh live to see second third or fourth down and that it's it's okay for us to to not score every series it's not okay it's okay for us to not make a play and that's uh that's something that he just kind of has to grow into a little bit more uh much better having a competitor that wants to make a play every time but uh, a couple of those picks are are him just maybe trying to do a little too much but 18 times versus three i mean you think you'd take it at every level of football
2: yeah, that is a tremendous ratio, uh, over 1,600 yards. But he doesn't do it alone. He, he's he got to have a team around him. It's the ultimate team game and uh, a quality offensive line to give him protection and then uh, receivers to throw the ball to.
0: Right, and uh, that we, we had a, gr- a good group coming back, a, a number of guys with uh, varsity football experience. So, uh things are coming together up front. I mean, they protect him well, and they're learning how to protect him when he's back there, buying some time. That was a challenge for us earlier in the season, uh, knowing when to get off of some of the blocks that we had going and and maybe uh, not get the the holding or the block and the pack penalty that that that's you know five to ten yards deep in our our backfield. Um, we've got uh, a number of wide receivers, again, that have experience and that love running routes and, and have the good hands to go with it. And last week in a, in a more physical game against Forest Lake, uh, we, we, we were able to rely on the run game. So those guys with their foot, their, their uh, hand in the, the dirt came out of their stance and got after people and our, our running back, uh, had a real good night with, uh, 30 carries and 189 yards. Um, so trying to, trying to pull everything together and, and become as much of a well-rounded team as possible headed into the playoffs.
2: Bola head coach, Stillwater Ponies, they are unbeaten, one of the top teams in 6A. As the season winds down rapidly, joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Look at your season and, you know, right out of the gate, a, a, a tight win over Centennial. Uh, beat Eastridge, wins on the road at, at Roseville and Osseo, take down White Bear Lake in a tight one, and then uh, you, you beat Forest Lake, and not, now you got Moundsville on Friday night. And then uh, uh, squad, some of us have heard of, uh, Eden Prairie comes in on Wednesday to close it out, so quite a finish.
0: Yeah, well, uh, Centennial, first of all, is a really good football team, and yeah. people are starting to realize that, and... Uh, and then we, you know, it's 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 a next door neighbor game with Eastridge. All of our games are always pretty tight with them. And uh White Bear Lake's really good. Uh and we 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 won a one score game against them, Forest Lake undefeated and and so much improved this year. Uh had to earn everything last week. Uh Friday's a rivalry game tomorrow with Mounds Uh we've past two decades have kind of made quite a rivalry of this uh this matchup and so we know uh, you throw the records out, and we've got to play very well. And last year we entered that Eden Prairie game, uh, you know, seven and zero, and they were six and one. And it was a nice opportunity us for, for us to see, you know, can you play with the team from the West? And you know, we tied it with uh, three minutes left, and ended up losing on a broken play with with forty eight seconds left, and couldn't find a way to get down and score. And so hopefully we'll be able to match up with them again. Uh, they're, they're a very, very good team, and they're even stronger this year on the line of scrimmage than they were last year. And uh, it'll be a nice chance to see where we've got to get if we want to, you know, win enough games to get into a state tournament, which has been all too long for us uh, at Stillwater.
2: Boulevard joining us, Stillwater Ponies head coach. Once again, Mountains View Friday night, Eden Prairie, to close out the regular season on Wednesday, and then it's on to the postseason. M- more on that in the postseason tournament in 6A. But, but I do want to talk about your defense and some of the leaders on that side of the ball because, you know, once again, it is the ultimate team game, and it, week in and week out, you just can't go out and uh, outscore people. You've got to get stops on that side of the ball.
0: Well I appreciate twice you've said that now we we refer to it as the greatest team sport in the history of the world yeah. at Stillwater and uh and it takes not only you know offense defense but we we like to take pride in the kicking game and uh there are a lot of kids that don't play on Friday nights that have a huge impact on what we do on Friday night so it is the ultimate team sport team game and defensively uh we're tough on the defensive line uh led by charlie gleason who you know on, on a lot of teams would be you know the the guy getting a lot of the praise because he's he's accepted his uh division one uh, opportunity to play for the air force and uh is a game wrecker uh, he messes a lot of things up for offenses on that defensive line and then occasionally when we when we get under center he'll come over and play tight end and love slamming into people so kind of a throwback that that we really enjoy uh lining up with and then we've got a bunch of you know blue collar kids over there that that uh are just kind of trying to do their job not do anybody else's job just kind of play team defense and and do do what needs to be done and we've been pretty good on the the line of scrimmage and like i said um we will. Uh, we've been tested with uh, Forest Lake and White Bear Lake and Centennial, and we're really going to see um, a test uh, when when Eden Prairie comes to see if we can play on the line of scrimmage.
2: Yeah, and one of the things I also like to bring up is the the support, the support of the community. And number one, your facility in Stillwater is top notch, but but the support not only by you know the, the the student body, but but the entire community is is as good as it gets anywhere in the metro.
0: It's a great place to be on Friday nights uh, in the St. Croix Valley. The the stadium is is a is a big one. I don't know if there's uh, a bigger one. And uh, a couple of times now we've been able to fill it up and a couple of weeks ago for homecoming. We, we have what we think is the largest crowd we've ever had was 6,300 people there uh, for the white bear Lake game. And so people come out, people enjoy being there. We try to make it an enjoyable atmosphere for everybody, the football people and, and people that are along just for a social experience. And, um, and, yeah, we, we it's it's nothing better than having that that full community buy-in and, and have, bring a lot of people together on Friday nights.
2: Yeah, it really is impressive. Re- re- really one of the great uh, stadiums uh, at any high school here in uh, the state of Minnesota. Uh, Bo, uh, about the playoff format, you know, ever since I went to this uh, – Thirty-two team format. Everybody in six A. They they seed this thing and and you play it off all the way down to to prep bowl. I think it's great. Your, your thoughts on the format and how it's played out in six A?
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, forced. Uh, you know, you to win some really big time games if you're going to call yourself a section champion. And we've uh, unfortunately not been able to do that under this format. We've been section runner-ups in uh, 12 and 14, 15, uh, 20, 21. Um, some close games in there, and uh, it's it's really tough. It's not it's not like it used to be uh, where you had to beat some teams from your area. Um, you've, you've literally got to be uh, pretty much one of the best eight teams in the state in order for you to come through and call yourself a section champion, and then and then it it promotes that you're you're likely to find you know the 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 four best teams or or so you know that there's not gonna you're not gonna run into a situation where you're playing the you know state championship in the first round you might do it in or, sorry not the first round but the first round of state um, it might happen in the second round of the state tournament or the state semifinals but yeah your best chance to get. Uh, the two best teams in the prep bowl and and so it's been tough and and we've been knocking on the door a number of times and we haven't been able to do it and so and it's really the top of the list for this group they've won three uh district championships uh in a row and um but we've been second place two years in a row here in the section and so it's at the top of their list and really the only thing on their list to accomplish
2: well, good, good to visit with you, Bo, and uh, once again, congrats and a great start. Uh, I know there's uh, a lot more work to be done and a lot of goals to meet uh, for your group. Thanks again.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and again, thanks for covering high school football, and
2: have a good night. All right, there he is once again, uh, Bo Labore, head coach at Stillwater, unbeaten in the 6A and uh, Stillwater Ponies once again. One of the great Friday night football traditions here in the Twin Cities area, and there, there's a lot of them, and great draws, and the the fans and the communities come out, but uh, Stillwater right there at the top of the list, and they're having a fine year. Once again, home to Moundsview Friday night, and then Eden Prairie makes a trip over to Stillwater Next Wednesday night, that'll be one of the big Week Eight games here in the metro area. Quick break. We'll come back. Whole lot more coming up. Steve Thompson in uh, sitting in for Henry Lake here on the Lake Show. Chris Tubbs is our producer. Uh, we'll get you up to date on the scoreboard momentarily. A little bit later on, some motorsports, NASCAR. Uh, they are into the final eight. The round of eight gets started at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Jordan Bianchi from the Athletic will join us at about 8.35 here on News Talk. e three O W WCCO. Scores, scores, and more scores. Uh, we're going to start MLB Quiet Night in the Major League Playoffs tonight, Chris Tubbs. Thanks to the rain in New York.
1: Yeah, I, uh, this is the one that everybody was looking for, right? I mean, the uh, the Guardians and the, you know, New York Yankees. Well, that was supposed to be the nightcap. They have been uh, postponed. Uh, that make date will be tomorrow. Yankees lead that Series 1 game to none. But the one game that was played earlier on today, um, it did not come down to a Jordan Alvarez walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. Uh, but Seattle, I thought they might have missed the boat. They had a chance to really get to, they had a chance to come out of this at least going back tied at one, but instead the Astros over the Mariners 4-2, to two, and Houston leads that series two games to none. But uh, Seattle, I feel like maybe they had their small window of opportunity. That's been slammed shut.
2: Yeah, Houston's so good. Uh, you know, there was so much focus on the Dodgers and the Yankees and – you know, in this part of the world, it's all about the American League Central Division, the Twins collapse, and so on and so forth. But Houston quietly had a ridiculously good season. They're tremendous.
1: Yeah, they have. Um, um, speaking of no—what you know, did you say something about no scoring? What did you say?
2: Well, the the over-under should have been 15 in this game tonight. Yeah. I, between I, the Guardians and the Bears in Chicago.
1: You mean the Commanders and the Bears? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Commanders, Guardians. I mean, they're both silly names.
2: The, they're new names. Yeah. It, I can't it, keep them straight.
1: Exactly. Well, um, this may be the Cubs beating the Nationals 3-2 to <laughs> at the end of the day because right now it is scoreless. It is a defensive slugfest at Soldier Field. Justin Fields, 6 for 11, 74 wow. yards for wow. Justin Fields in the first half Carson Wentz, yeah, I see you. I see you, fam. Five for 12, 57 yards. They, they have a combined 131 yards of passing offense in the uh, in the first half.
2: Yeah, and, and just remember, we talked about this early before it kicked off. The over-under was a ridiculously low of 38 and a half. Mm-hmm. Not very often do you see an NFL game. That, that 38 and a half. Um, the under looks pretty solid. At how many? Yeah.
1: How many people are going to be canceling their Amazon Prime memberships
2: because <laughs> of tonight's game? Exactly. Why did you give us this crap? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, e- but everybody. Exactly. I, I'm going back to eBay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh wow! <laughs> Damn. Uh, I
1: don't know how Jeff Bezos is. Uh, is never going to live without oh. that. So. Hey, uh, and
2: Al Michaels is probably thinking at the half, "What have I done?" What did I do to deserve this?
1: I will guarantee that Al Michaels probably doesn't care because Al Michaels is getting that straight cash, homie.
2: Yeah, what do you think he gets, a million a game? I don't. uh, It's got to be huge.
1: It's got to be. There are at least a couple of commas in his paycheck every week.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Um, NHL. Uh, wild opener tonight. The NHL regular season underway.
1: Yeah, not a, a good start for the uh, Minnesota Wild. They gave up three. Mark Andre Fleury gave up three in the first period. And right now, with about eight minutes left to go in the second period, the Wild have gotten on the board. But right now, they trail the New York Rangers three to one at the X. Matsucarello, uh, with the uh, the only goal so far for the Wild. The Wild are out shooting the Rangers. Almost two to one, 29 shots on goal for the wild 16 for the Rangers, but uh, Mark Andre Fleury a uh, little shaky to start the uh, the season here for the Minnesota Wild.
2: but but they have the dreaded two goal lead, the worst lead in the hockey the Rangers do and there's still a lot of hockey to be played in downtown St. Paul. What else you got?
1: All right, uh, let's go uh, around the NHL here. The Sabres up on the Senators two to one in the second period. Uh, they are in the third period in Philadelphia. The Flyers over the Devils 4-2. to Penguins over the Coyotes by that same exact score. Uh, they are at the second intermission in Long Island. The Islanders trailing the Florida Panthers 1-0. The Capitals and the Maple Leafs are tied at 2 going into the third period. Uh, eight minutes left to go. I mentioned the uh, game at the X uh, in the second period. Rangers over the Wild. Stars shutting out the Predators. Two to nothing at the end of the first. The Avs and Flames, Blackhawks and Golden Knights, and the Kraken and the LA Kings will uh, they will get started a little bit later on. So uh, we've got that, and uh, let's uh, go to the NBA here quick, just because we've got the you know we're getting down to the end of the exhibition season. The Minnesota Timberwolves right now. uh, I'm trying to figure out where the best place is going to be to to set my uh, my chair for the uh, championship parade next year, but I guess I'll deal with that later. Um, oh, boy.
2: Uh, man, they look good. They look yeah, good. I, I wake me up when the regular season starts. I, I mean, other than spring training and mm-hmm. the the romance of the Grapefruit League or the Cactus League, preseason football, basketball, hockey, it's for the birds. Yeah,
1: you are a ton of fun uh, parties, I bet. I bet you are just a blast. <laughs> Oh my God! You got to be just—you're the guy that everybody's gravitating to. Uh, the Grizzlies. I mean,
2: seriously, though, <laughs> you can't draw any conclusions when when the games count. Wake me up. That's knock, knock. Who's there?
1: Say. Buzz, buzz. Who? Buzz kill. <laughs> Damn. Well, Grizzlies over the Pistons, one twenty-six, one eleven. Thunder Spurs tied at sixty-two. There, you just ruined it for me.
2: No, I, I I didn't mean to. No, I'm done. I'm done. I, I, I didn't mean to. High school football, they they go on Thursday nights, a lot of Thursday night games. Uh, there's a shortage of officials. If you have an interest in being a high school official, whether it's football or volleyball, whatever your sport, get a hold of the high school league. Get in touch uh, with Tim Layton and the folks over there. They'll, they'll help you get started in your officiating career. Uh, In Minneapolis, Edison beats South uh, 14-6. A lot of games in progress. Holy Angels-Chan tied at 14. Hastings leading Bloomington-Jefferson 14-0. A couple of big ones down in Lakeville. Farmington at North. P at South. Uh, We don't have a score update on that, but that's probably the game of the night in 6A football. New Prague leading at uh, Oatana 13-0. St. Thomas Academy, another good year, leading Apple Valley, 21-7. Those games certainly now in the second half. Then uh, tomorrow night on uh, cable TV up in the northern suburbs, I will see Monticello at Andover. Uh, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, so uh, I'm going to bundle up. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to bring a heater. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm just too old to be cold. You're so, not, uh, oh, yeah, that's I'm going to bring a heater. Okay. I'm going to admit it right here bring on the 50,000-watt 3 CCL I'm bringing a heater to the game tomorrow night at Andover.
1: Well, and uh, I, I do have an update here. Okay. And uh, I, the uh, Washington Commanders have taken an insurmountable 3 to nothing lead over the Chicago Bears.
2: At, at the half now?
1: 38-yard <laughs> field goals by uh, Joey Sly. 46 seconds left in the second quarter. Enough time for that Bears offense to, uh, I don't know what they're going to do. 3-0. Uh, yeah.
2: three, 3 nothing.
1: Oh. <laughs> it, may, it may very well end up. If it ends up 3-2, I will just be tickled pink.
2: Yeah, Commanders, Guardians, I called them the Guardians. I mean, yeah. It doesn't rip. matter. Again, <laughs> it's... At Chicago. Yeah, it's... Hey, one, one, once again, if you had the over, you're still in trouble <laughs> in, in this game. All right, quick break. We'll have the weather. Jordan Bianchi, we'll talk motorsports NASCAR in particular. Uh, the round of eight in the playoffs gets started at Las Vegas. We'll have that in a moment. here on News Talk. e three O W wcco It is the Lake Show. Henry Lake, not around tonight. Steve Thompson sitting in. You normally hear me on Saturdays and occasionally filling in for Henry. Here on News Talk, E3OWCCO Chris Tubbs is our producer extraordinaire. Always great to work uh, with Chris Tubbs. And uh, pleased to be joined by Jordan Bianchi on the john schuster coldwell banker hotline jordan covers nascar for the athletic living large in charlotte north carolina the home to the sport uh, jordan always good to visit with you
3: uh good to visit with you steve and thanks for having me on
2: and no snow down here so i'm not
3: really yeah, missing but, minneapolis right now to be honest yeah
2: with you. at least it's short-lived but it's a reminder of what's really on the way you you know jordan you 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 spend plenty of time in the neck of the woods. You 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 know what's on the way for us. Not, not so much in Charlotte. Uh, let, let, let's get into it. Um, here we are, round of eight, eight drivers. It'll be whittled down to four for the championship race in Phoenix in November. And there's been a fair amount of drama. This, it, for for those people who follow the sport or are casual fans, this has been a very interesting playoff so far. <laughs>
3: interesting is a good word between penalties and yeah. unhappy drivers with safety um, surprise winners uh, surprise you know or er, unexpected early eliminations Kyle Larson went out in the last round the defending cup champion who we no one really thought was going to go out this early so it seems like this playoff has really been about everything happening almost off of the racetrack in some respects than what's happening on the racetrack but it has been it's gotten played it's gotten it's given us plenty to discuss, that's for sure. It's it to be interesting to see now as we go down to these, these final eight drivers what this is like. You've got three challenging tracks in Las Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville, so it should be fun. It's uh, going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. Yeah,
2: and uh, the, the shows out in Vegas are always a big deal. It, it, it is incredible how big NASCAR is in Las Vegas. I mean, it is a draw, isn't it?
3: it is. It's a destination. I mean if you're a NASCAR fan and you're looking to go a race, I mean, especially in Minneapolis, you know, it's not you don't have one in your backyard. You're saying, Okay, where am I gonna go? Well, why not go to to Las Vegas? It's it, you can go in the spring, you can go in the fall for the playoff race. The track really isn't that far outside the city. It's about fifteen twenty minutes or so. to destination, and it's not that expensive. I mean, you you know, you plan ahead, you can get some good room rates and everything. So, they do a really good job of making it feel like it's a big deal from the moment you step off the airplane and walk through the airport. You you know that there's you know NASCAR races in town, and it just feels special.
2: Miami Homestead, uh, they get their show, but it's in the round of eight. It used to be the championship race. Memory serves for a long time before they switched to Phoenix. And that is a unique track. It It is a mile and a half, but it's a unique configuration.
3: It is. It's kind of like a pure oval in a lot of sense. And, you know, a lot of the mile and a half racetracks, if you will, are kind of like basically quad ovals, more or less. This is kind of just really a rectangle oval-esque track. And it is the best pure 1.5-mile racetrack in NASCAR. Arguably, it is one of the best tracks, period, in NASCAR. Highly competitive, really a driver's racetrack where drivers can run multiple grooves. Um, The high line is the fast line there, but you see a lot of, you know, shifting throughout the race of where you're going to run. It's a fantastic race, and you're right. It used to be the championship race for a long time, and frankly, probably should still be the championship race. <laughs> There's a lot of people that like to see the race go back there, and it, it's in Miami. It's just south of the city. It's a fun locale, and it's always nice to go down there. And it was always fun to end the, the, uh, the season down there as well, but going down there next weekend will be a, a good time to kind of reminisce because it's, it's kind of been bounced around a little bit in the schedule. It seems like now that it's in the playoffs, this is a good spot for it, and hopefully it sticks at where it's that.
2: Yeah, and then Martinsville, short track, who knows?
3: Yeah. I mean, Martinsville, right? I mean, it's, it's to me, this race is the ultimate race to have to set up the championship finale because it's a short track. It's old school beating and banging racing. And frankly, I kind of equate it to like a barroom brawl, right? Like anything goes. We have seen drivers spin each other out on the last laps. We've seen guys get into fist fights there. We've seen well, last year a driver interrupted another driver's victory lane celebration because he was upset with him. So it is just old-school brass knuckles racing, it's it's awesome. And they moved Martinsville to that, that spot a few years ago, and it's one of those moves you look at and you go, why didn't they do this sooner? Because this is a master stroke. It's a really smart move.
2: Look at the drivers remaining. Chase Elliott on top of the points right now, the most popular driver in the sport, so so that's a good thing. And then uh, in this top eight, you got a couple of veterans, Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin. And then you he, then he got a lot of young guys as well. I, I won't call them relative unknowns because if you get to Cup, you, you got to have a track record. You, you, you got to be a good driver, but you know you got Elliott, Logano, and you got Hamlin, and then you got some other guys that, that have an unbelievable opportunity to to move to the top of the sport.
0: Yeah,
3: absolutely. I mean, you guys got like Ross Chastain, uh, Ross yeah. uh, Chase, Briscoe, William Byron, a lot of guys that you maybe know a little bit about, but don't know a ton about. And you're right; it, it's a lot of fresh faces. In fact, this is the youngest age of the round of eight uh, since you know, NASCAR went to this format in 2014. So, a lot of new faces. You mentioned three there that have been around before. Chase Elliott, 2020 champion. Logano, 2018 champion. And then you got Denny Hamlin, who's never won a championship, but has come very, very close. Arguably the best driver to have never won a championship. Um, you look at them, and Chase Elliott is really in a good spot where if he doesn't make it to the final four, something went wrong because he's got a lot of, he's got a big points cushion that he's built up. They're running really well and he's the one guy right now you look at at these final eight that you really feel confident in.
2: Jordan Bianchi from The Athletic joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. All right, let's, let's get into some storylines in all of this. We laid out, you know, Elliot, Logano, and, and Hamlin. But where does the bad blood lurk in all of this? Because we alluded to that at the top. But are are, are there any scores to settle as we get started here in the round of eight?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. I mean, Ross Chastain this year, who's kind of an upstart, really young, aggressive driver, who's who's kind of really made a name for himself this year, and has done so really at the expense of some veterans. He and Denny Hamlin have had have, have kind of had a, a, a feud, if you will, this year. It's kind of quieted down a little bit. But there's Danny feels like he still owes Ross one, and we talked about Martinsville. That's a really a good place to kind of settle that feud. I wouldn't be surprised if something you know goes on between them uh, at some point in the next few weeks, especially at Martinsville. And I will say this: just because nothing is kind of bubbling right now. This round, and especially Martinsville, has a way of just inciting things because it is desperation time. And guys will do things that, frankly, they probably wouldn't do normally, but with you an opportunity to, to win a race to get you in the championship race, um, you, do, you tend to see guys do things they wouldn't normally do. So uh, while nothing is really kind of percolating right now, uh, don't be surprised if something bubbles up here pretty quick.
2: When, when you look at this group, and, and we, we talked about, the the principles is is there a driver that stands out that could at the end of all of a checkered flag in Phoenix be the champion in this group that's a dark horse if you will.
3: Yeah, I'll say it again. I like Ross Sastain, if you're looking for a okay. golf course. I mean, this is a guy who's, who's won a couple times this year, has had a lot of speed, and has executed. And this round sets really well. He's been really, really fast on these intermediate mile-and-a-half racetracks, which are Vegas and Homestead. Him winning one of these next two races wouldn't shock anybody. Um, he's got, you know, like I said, there's, there's some guys that are kind of gunning for him because of some things that he's done this year. Yeah. But he is a guy to keep an eye on, and he finished second at Phoenix this year, too. So if he gets to Phoenix, he's got a really good chance to win that title.
2: Yeah, and you you brought up Martinsville. We haven't really talked about Phoenix for the four drivers that get through to Phoenix. I've seen a show there, and for all practical purposes, this is a short track.
3: It is, it, you know, it's a mile racetrack, but it does yeah. race like a short track. It is side by side racing. It's multi groove, and you do see a lot of, you know, guys throwing the bumper out there and moving guys around, especially as it gets late in a race. We've seen a lot of crazy things happen there because it, it is a, it is a very entertaining track. It's a very unique track, and how, how the configuration is,
2: and, and and the weather. I mean, you talked about Miami being cool for the finale for all those years, but man, I I <laughs> I, I just saw. it. When I, when I was down there for a race late mm-hmm. in the season, Phoenix was pretty good, too. <laughs> it was
3: yeah, awesome. No, I mean, it- I agree. I mean, it's it's kind of the same vibe. Like they really have embraced it in Phoenix when they moved the championship there a few years ago. They you know that there's a NASCAR race in town and that it's a big one. And kudos to them because NASCAR was kind of looking for that identity. No offense to Miami, which we talked about. Which I I love Miami. I love being there. I love the track and everything. But it tends to get lost a little bit, right? There's a lot going on in Miami. Um, Phoenix is really you you know in Phoenix that there is a race and it does feel special.
2: Yeah, and uh, a good draw as well. A lot of of folks come in from California for that show and a lot of NASCAR fans in the desert southwest. Well, Jordan, always good to visit with you. I appreciate your coverage and your passion for the sport. Uh, So keep up the great work.
3: Always appreciate it, Steve. Always great to chat with you, and uh, thanks for the support and the kind words over the years.
2: All right, there he is, Jordan Bianchi, uh, for the Athletic, covering NASCAR. And once again, they're in Vegas. After that, Miami, then Martinsville, and then it's out to Phoenix, uh, the Final Four in the championship race out there in the desert in November. We've got to go to a quick break. We'll put a wrap on it. More on Carlos Correa. He hopped out, but don't panic. This was in the works from the day he signed the contract. Uh, More on that with uh, yours truly and Chris Tubbs here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO. Star Tribune's Phil Miller does an outstanding job covering the Twins, uh, had a story, and it says Carlos Correa is opting out, according to a newspaper in Puerto Rico. And no one should be surprised. When we got the word that Carlos Correa had signed with the Twins, it was like, wow. And then we got the details of the contract that made sense. It was a three-year deal with an opt-out after one. And the idea is is that he would probably opt out and pursue a longer-term deal with more guaranteed money, as is typical with a veteran player. I would agree, uh, up and down offensively. Not not the year I imagined he would have, but he's an outstanding shortstop. I, I don't think there's any question about it, and will command big dollars. And there is an option for the Twins, too. Pursue him. Um, I think he left the door open. He said all the right things, but perfectly within his right to open the door and say, hey, I uh, want six, whatever the years are. I'm thinking six or seven. Um, twins can jump into that. And you're, you're not surprised either, Chris. We, we brought this up right out of the gate. No one should be surprised or upset about this move.
1: No, not at all. And and this is a business decision. I mean, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, I mean, we see athletes do this all the time. Right. I mean, LeBron James has been infamous for it. it. It doesn't it doesn't mean a whole lot other than he's going to try and maximize his value. And he's got every right to do that. And the twins have every right to say this is our offer. But there are going to be other guys out there. Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, Tim Anderson. Like, the Twins, it's not Carlos Correa or Bust for them. You know, and, and when do they think Royce Lewis is going to be – I mean, if they think Royce Lewis is going to be available, you know – I mean, there are so many different things at play. So, I, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't be upset if you're a Twins fan. You just – you don't know what's going to happen this off season.
2: Well, and here's the thing. In a club where you look at their starting pitching, and we talked about this numerous times, as you got to the end, it was – very disappointing September. Very disappointing finish to the season. I, I, there, there's, there's no way to sugarcoat that. Oh, they,
1: they, but, they were the worst team in September in Major League Baseball.
2: But looking forward, starting pitching, they've got the makings of a rotation. They have work to do in the bullpen, and then they've got to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, it goes beyond Carlos Correa and writing a big check. Is, is that the proper move? Um don't know about Alex Kirloff. You have no idea how many games you're going to get out of and, Byron and, and, I mean,
1: does, does Carlos Correa feel like you're going to be competitive enough for him to resign?
2: That's exactly right. You have the makings of a competitive club um, if the team stays relatively healthy. And that was a huge factor in 2022. But uh, Carlos Correa wants to get paid and wants guaranteed money over the longest period possible. Hey, we got to run. Thanks to Chris Tubbs. Thanks to you for tuning in. I'm Steve Thompson. Have a great night. All-Star Closer, Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?